It was not pretty. I mean, it was not pretty at all. But the Gophers got the job done. Hey, you are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And we've got a recap here on a Friday to cover that Nebraska versus Minnesota roller coaster that we saw last night. Now, that if that didn't tell you college football is back, I don't know what will so be sure to hit subscribe over on youtube and wherever you get the podcast and audio streaming be sure to leave five star review so others can find it we're going to talk about that game we're going to recap what happened we're going to talk about why the defense showed it has a ton of promise and then we're going to talk about what needs to improve asap because yesterday it was ugly it was ugly there were moments of brilliance there was moments and flashes but there were things that need to be improved not only yesterday but immediately moving forward so today's show is brought to you by game time download the game time app and create an account and use the promo code lockdown college for twenty dollars off your first purchase now Gophers fans, I appreciate y'all for tapping in. And if you're new to the channel, I really appreciate it as well. But thank you to the everydayers who are tapping in each and every day. Uh, I love the feedback back that we get from the listeners of the show that we meet at these events and at the different Gophers games and practices and what forth. Tristan sent me a text yesterday saying that a listener came up to him and absolutely told him how much he loves the show. And I believe he asked for a picture. Man, that's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. We love to interact with the listeners of the show because this is why we do it. We do it for Gophers Nation. So thank you for that. Keep tuning in. Keep tapping in. Let us know your thoughts on this game in the comments. What was the most bizarre thing to you what needs to improve what was your favorite moment of the game i want to hear it all down in the comments below now i know there's going to be nebraska fans in there as well chiming in probably talking about oh but there was there should have been an off a false start there should have been uh the touchdown that got reviewed that they still didn't call a touchdown look there were missed calls all over that game. You're talking about that Daniel Jackson pass interference. You're talking about a huge holding call on that second down play in which Jeff Sims runs for almost a first down. And it goes from being second in 18, if they call that holding, to a third and one, I believe. So there were all sorts of missed calls all over. I get it. It's disappointing. But it was a great game, an ugly game but a great Big Ten football game. But holy roller coaster Batman. I mean, we're talking about Nebraska and another one-score game. Now that just, they couldn't kick, they couldn't kick the can down the road anymore. They couldn't get on the other side of that result still. They end up with a loss there. But we saw glimpses from Ethan fighting through the pressure. That Nebraska defense was no joke. I will give that to you tenfold. They created so many issues, so many problems for that offensive line. And the offensive line was all over the place. It gave me more concerns than I had heading into this matchup. Now, will those be alleviated against maybe a non-335 defense? 
Maybe, but I still think there are holes to pick apart that offensive line right now, and it is my number one concern for the Gophers. On top of that, you've got Daniel Jackson who drops two passes, which we haven't seen him do in quite some time. But then also, he's got toe drag swag and is a hero of the game. I'm telling you, the ups, the downs, this was pure entertainment. And then you're talking about the Nebraska touchdown was a trick play that turns into a broken play that's a dang near fumble that turns into a touchdown. Like, it was so ugly, but it was so wonderful to have football back. Now, when we talk about the main points of this game, Ethan impressed me because it's beyond the box score, folks. If you looked at that first half and you looked at what Ethan was having to go through, he had a defender, probably two in the backfield on almost every given play. And I got some messages here and there where people were like, oh, maybe Ethan's not ready. Oh, Ethan doesn't look good. No, 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 folks. If you are not just looking for highlights and you're not just looking for huge throws down the field, the decision-making that he was making, having a defender blitzed into the backfield on almost every single play, and he was sidestepping and making through, getting through his reads and making the check down. He was getting out on the move and finding an open man on a comeback route down on the sideline. He was throwing it out of bounds at times because there was so much pressure coming and no one was there. He wasn't putting the ball in harm's way, which is more than we can say for the opposing quarterback in Jeff Sims. Now, Jeff Sims, if he can rein it in, if he can stop throwing turnover-worthy plays, which we talked about heading into this week, we said he's going to have a few, and the Gophers need to capitalize on it. If they do, they will put themselves in good position. So, Jeff Sims helped this team out a lot. Now, he also tore this team up on the ground, especially in the first half. But that the passing man, the passing for Nebraska was a struggle through and through. Now, credit to Nebraska because, I mean, we joke about same old Nebraska losing one score games, tail as old as time. Like, wow, I, I, nothing's changed. Same Nebraska. It's not. It's not, folks. That defense for Nebraska was nasty. It was the truth. There were stunts, blitzes, pressures coming from every which way. I'm surprised they only had like two or three sacks on the game. But overall, the different combinations of looks they gave our offensive line had them in a tizzy. So credit to the Nebraska defense. Ethan Kalik Menace was asked in the presser yesterday after the game about that Nebraska defense and the difficulties it maybe gave him with the looks and the pressures that they had. And he said nothing but credit and love for that Nebraska defense and that their scout team helped prepare him for things like that. But man, oh man, shout out to that defense. I think they're going to give a lot of teams problems. People might be like, oh, Minnesota's offense looked terrible. And it did at times. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to hold that back. But that Nebraska defense gets a ton of credit for what Tony White was doing. Tony White took away the running game, and he made Ethan prove it. Now, there were ups and downs, but there were not too many bad looks from Ethan. There were a couple he'd absolutely love to have back, but Ethan will call himself on that. He had said, even on that fourth down play to Daniel Jackson in the end zone with the toe drag swag on that beautiful post corner route, he even said, Ethan's like, I didn't give him the best ball there. Daniel Jackson went out and made a play. I can acknowledge I didn't give him the best ball. It should have been more inside. Look, Ethan will take his own self-criticism and look to improve. 
He's going to be the first player to call himself out. So I was impressed with the maturity, the leadership, the swagger I saw from Ethan Kelly McManus in a game of that caliber. In fact, Coach Fleck brought up the Iowa game from last year and said, this game reminds me a lot of that Iowa game, but instead of the ball getting deflected off of our players' hands and tipped up into an interception to end of the game, it, we ended up on the other side of it. And our players could have went back mentally to that Iowa game and how it didn't work out and think of all the th ways things could go wrong, but they did not hesitate. They did not doubt themselves. They only thought about we are going to win this game. So I love the fight. I love the mentality from the Gophers team in this one. Now, again, it was an ugly game, but it was Big Ten football through and through. Now, you talk about our keys to victory that we had entering the game. We said score early. Not so much of that. It was a 0-0 game through the first quarter. Halftime, it was 3-0. So that didn't happen either way. Now, these were the keys to get a comfortable win versus Nebraska. So we didn't score early, and it showed. Then on top of that, we said use the quick passing game to help alleviate the pressures of the 3-3-5 defense. Now, it looks like they did. And the Gophers fans, we cannot complain about not running the foot or not passing the football after yesterday's game now Gophers fans are like we need to run the football why can't we run I get it I get it that run game was tough yesterday but Ethan passed the ball 44 times yesterday 44 when's the last time you have seen a Gopher quarterback do that I can tell you it's been quite a while so what I am saying is that the, this team's going to do what it has to do. It definitely leaned into its strengths when it came to the personnel, when it came to the passing, and we saw it on the field. Now, Ethan can still get better in that completion percentage. I think that's going to need to happen. But for most of the game, through three quarters, he was probably sitting in that mid-60% completion for most of it. Now, as we got into the fourth and we had to start taking more shots and we had to start going for it on fourth down, that's when things started to tick down a bit when we're making uh, some drops and things like that. But overall, I did like what I saw for the most part. And then the final key to victory that we had was slowing down the run game for Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims was eating us up in that first half. Uh, I believe that he had about 60 to 70 yards rushing in that first half. I said Minnesota in my notes has to find a way to stop Jeff Sims as a runner. Now, in that second half, Jeff Sims only had about 20 rushing yards, so they definitely slowed it down. I don't know if they necessarily took it away, but the other notes I had to wrap up that first half was if you look at the box score, you're going to think Ethan looks meh and he isn't doing anything special, but the decision-making, getting outside the pocket, eyes downfield, making throw outs or keeping the play alive, I was truly impressed with what was going on. My final note for the halftime was, can we get our tight end involved? Now, I want to talk about this game even more. We're going to talk about the Gophers' defense and what we learned in this one coming up next. But first, we have to talk about our friends over at Game Time. Now, Game Time has killer deals and on last-minute tickets, and you can find them at GameTime.co. And their best price guarantee is everything I live for because you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped that you're about to have a good time, whether it be sports events, whether it be concerts coming to your town, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seats before you buy so you can know exactly what to expect when you arrive. On top of that, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's just two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. 
Snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, no spaces, for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create an account, download the game time app, and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. We've got you covered, and we're going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about the breakdowns and all that and more. We're talking about the defense in specific to kick off segment two. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about college football live preview show every Friday for the Locked On Network. So you can check it out each Friday live, going live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On channel on YouTube. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can during the season, including insight and analysis from our Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find it on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Now, let's talk about this defense because the defense went crazy. Now, Gophers fans, if I told you prior to this game that the Gophers held Nebraska to one offensive touchdown, had four turnovers, three sacks, in less than 300 total offensive yards, you would have thought this game was an absolute blowout. I would have too, but it wasn't. It was down to the wire, but what this defense showed, that bend-don't-break mentality, kept this team in the game and kept them from losing this game and it getting out of hand. Four turnovers, two interceptions by Tyler Newbin, one interception by Trayvon Jones, and then a forced fumble by Justin Wally. That secondary that everybody was worried about heading into the season that I told you, I have some faith in these guys. They look pretty good. They got some nice depth. They showed out yesterday. They showed out, and it wasn't just those turnover plays. Tariq Watson steps into the game. Aiden Goosby steps into the game because of injuries, and they held it down. They weren't a weak spot. They weren't lost in the sauce. They were ready to go. The lights weren't too bright. And Joe Rossi had this defense cooking, adjusting, ready to go. Joe Rossi had these guys right and making adjustments. Tyler Newbin said in the presser after the game that it wasn't anything new. They looked at everything they did this fall camp because they were taught and trained and coached on different things that they might try out different things that they'll need to be ready for the season it might not be game one but they've practiced things that they might need down in game 12 versus wisconsin and game 11 versus ohio state and game six versus michigan things that they might need to do because of things they might see in this upcoming season now they were able to adjust on the fly. They'd come back on the sidelines, and all of a sudden, Coach Rossi would be like, we need to change to this type of look because we're seeing this. And they did it. They're like, all right, Coach, bet. We got you. And that is impressive. In week one, with this defense that's full of new starters, with this defense that's missing its second leader on the defense and Cody Lindenberg, who was out for the entire game with a leg injury, it's missing its third best player on the defense in Justin Wally at times throughout the game because he was cramping up and in and out of the game. And you've got a red shirt freshman linebacker who has never made a start before in Maverick Baranowski stepping in and showing up for the entire game. Aiden Gooseby, who steps in for safety Darius Green once he got injured. Tariq Watson, who steps in for Justin Wally as he got injured. This 
defense showed it is not only deep, but it is just as good as we've seen for the last two years, and it can only get better. Now, you might be like, whoa, just as good as these last two years, man, we've been a top 15 defense. That defense last night only gave up one offensive scoring touchdown, and it was on a busted, broken, crazy, wild, stupid trick play. A play in which the running back runs it out this way, throws it back over to the quarterback who drops the ball because he throws it. It's a backward pass, so they can still throw it forward. Drops the ball. Basically, it's a fumble on the ground as the DB who is in coverage on the wide receiver who ends up open is playing more of a man coverage look. He has his back turned to the ball. He turns around to get a face for the ball, sees the ball on the ground, thinks, oh, that's an incomplete pass. And then all of a sudden shifts his hips and tries to go back anyway because he sees the whistles have not blown. But at which point that quarterback picks it up, throws it onto the field to a wide open man in the end zone. It was the craziest broken, busted anomalies when it comes to an offensive touchdown. And that was the biggest play for Nebraska in the entire game when it came to offensive production. That is the only mistake big play that they gave up. Now, there were some missed tackles here and there that gave up some maybe 20-yard runs or so, but otherwise, this defense held it down. So I am very, very impressed with this defense overall. And I talked to Tyler Newbin after the game as well. He said that overall, everybody comes ready to play, prepares like they are a starter. We talk about Aiden Gooseby in specific because Aiden Gooseby – didn't think he was going to get on the field tonight. I mean, besides maybe some special teams looks and here or there, he didn't imagine that he was going to see a lot of playing snaps on the defensive side of ball. Darius Green goes down, Aiden Gooseby comes in, and he plays like he is the starter himself. He plays pretty mistake-free football. He's in the right positions. He helps out. He makes sure that this team is set up in the right position, and it absolutely showed. He was not a weak link. He was ready for the moment. And that was absolutely impressive to me. Now, overall, this Gophers defense did have some trouble containing a running quarterback, but this was the best that you're going to see when it comes to a quarterback threat as a runner. The rest of these options, Drake May has a little bit of wiggle to him. He does. And we'll have to see that a little bit again in UNC. But besides that, that's probably the most that we will see. So the Gophers have a lot to prepare from now until that UNC matchup, but they've got some tape now. They've got some stuff to really figure out how they will address certain aspects in certain situations. So playing this Nebraska game prior to UNC is going to be nothing but a benefit for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Now, all of the interceptions and the timing that they happened was absolutely critical. You're talking about at the end of the first half when Nebraska could score on a final play going into the half, we have an interception. You're talking about a, basically a game-winning or game-flipping interception with a tie ball game to help the Gophers get into field goal position with 50 seconds left in the game. And Tyler Newbin, absolutely, I was, my eyes were locked on him on that play. I see the snap go off. I see the quarterback's eyes kind of wiggling that way. And I lock in on Tyler Newbin looking at where he's at in the coverage as the one drop safety. It looked like they were maybe in a cover one look or something similar as one safety drop back. Everybody else in man coverage. Tyler Newbin, I'm watching him. All of a sudden, I see him trigger early. And I'm like, huh. And I watch the quarterback and he's getting a look over. I think it was a tight end, but it was an inward slot, either slot or a tight end triggering inwards. And all of a sudden, Tyler Newbin jumped the route, picked it off, and I was like, man, oh man, is he a bad man. 
He was ready for it, and he's getting first-round looks for a reason, and he lived up to that hype and then some. And He doesn't care about the hype. He just wants to do what is best for this team, and this is what he came back for. This is what he came back to do is play under the bright lights and show he is that guy, and he absolutely, absolutely did that. This defense is in a really good spot overall. Also, all three sacks came in one drive, and that is against a mobile quarterback. So that was pretty impressive in itself. But the pass rush can continue to improve. But if I told you the defense got three sacks in game one when they only had 19 sacks on the entire season, that should show you the evolution of what could happen with this defense. Now, lastly, with the defense, it sounds like Cody Lindenberg has a leg injury, but he should be back sooner than later. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see him step up into the EMU game. But at worst, I think he'll be ready for North Carolina. So not too much to worry about there. Now, the last things we're going to cover about is what needs to improve ASAP because there were some ugly things in this game. There were some things that had you discouraged in this game. We're going to cover what that was coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, it's time to talk about the ugly. It's time to talk about what needs to improve for this Gophers team, and it all starts with the offensive line, in my opinion. Now, we saw Quinn Carroll play the right guard position almost all of fall camp. Now, granted, we only really got to see the first two, two and a half weeks of fall camp, so they had two more weeks to really flesh out what they were doing. And all of a sudden, we come to game one, number one, and we see Quinn Carroll kicked back out to the right tackle position, Martez Lewis in there at right guard. Now, Coach Fleck also said he was going to rotate that offensive line, and there wasn't true starters. Now, it might be true. There might not be true starters long term. We could see some changes, some additions, some movement for game two. But for game one, it was those same five for the entirety of the game. So you had Tyler Cooper in at left guard, Martez Lewis in at right guard, and then the three starters that we imagined were going to start. And guess what? It was tough for those players. Now, not only were they getting picked apart, eaten up, defensive pressure in the backfield, every single play it felt like, but it was just not only bad in the passing game, but also in the run game. We have to find a way to clean things up. Now, that being said, there were a ton of difficult stunts, difficult blitz packages, difficult looks where they're presenting six down linemen, five down linemen, three down linemen, and then bringing different pressures from different ways. And the offensive line just could not fully handle it. Now, there were moments where they had it together. And there were moments where Ethan had all day, especially towards the back half of the game. It did seem to really clean up in those final five minutes of the football game but we need to start seeing more and more gradual improvements for longer spans of the game so hopefully we don't have to have our quarterback throw it 44 times in the game but our running game can get some life on the ground now speaking of the running game man coach Fleck why did we not see more of a Darius Taylor more of a Zach Evans now I get that you want to keep veteran players in for that type of matchup, a Big Ten matchup under the lights, uh, nationally broadcast, because you don't want to have simple mistakes, silly errors, or anything like that. But the ground game was so dead and so beat up. Why wouldn't you give one of the young players an option when it is hard to come by? Because it couldn't be much worse. The only way it could get worse is putting the ball on the ground, which I think was the main fear with a younger player. But at the same time, you've got to develop some sort of trust. You've got to develop some sort of spark. Now, Darius Taylor, I believe, got one carry for three yards. Zach Evans didn't see a single touch. I don't even know if he saw a single snap. And I am curious to know 
if that will change. Eastern Michigan will be the sounding board for that because if there's any team where Minnesota might get more of what it wants ideally for the offense, it will be in the Eastern Michigan game as opposed to what we just saw with that 3-3-5 defense of Nebraska. So game two is where we're going to see need to see a lot more improvement, not only from the run game, but also from the offensive line. I think you saw a decent amount of good things from the wide receivers. I need to see more targets for Brevin Spanford. It looked like we had him involved in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. What happened in that middle part of the game? I just... We got to lean into it, man. We got to lean into it. I don't understand why we don't. But overall, I was fairly impressed. Now, the other thing that was pretty ugly for this game was the special teams. It was a roller coaster. You're talking about the first punt. It was one of the best punts in my time covering the Gophers with some very, very favorable bounces. Bounces down to the one-yard line. Great field position. And then later in the game, you're giving up a big return, which set up for that trick play touchdown. Then you're talking about on top of that, uh, a missed field goal, which it pushes left, but it was tough. Bad field position for the Gophers. They're, they're just things left and right, back and forth with that special teams unit. We need some consistency on top of the return game for the kickoff return. Some of those we can let be touchbacks. Take the extra yardage. Don't set yourself up on the 18 every single time. Take a touchback. Go to the 25. It's free yardage. You don't need to retry every single one of them. Now, overall, this offense needs to still find its rhythm. We found out Coach Harbo is the play caller. He is the play caller. And Coach Fleck gave him credit in the presser after the game. Now, many fans will be like, why did he give him credit? The offensive play calling was terrible yesterday. Again, this defense was the real deal. All credit to Nebraska's defense. Now, that doesn't say that the Gophers don't need a lot of improvement because they do. They do. But we're going to need to start to see more of those changes as we head into Eastern Michigan week. Now, I'm going to give this tape a review, and we're going to dive in next week with more thoughts. We're going to dive in next week with the keys for the game, what we need to see improve, what we need to see change, and what flashes we saw from the film of this last game that maybe we didn't catch in watching number one. We'll do all that more next week. Be sure to subscribe over on Locked On Golden Gophers. Thank you for listening. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.